We are glad that you are here with us today. We have a rose that is placed in our sanctuary this morning. This rose is placed in honor of a new baby boy that was born in our church. Maverick McRae Beeson was born. Uh, He is the son of Josh and Jamie Beeson and the grandson of Jimmy and Sandy Beeson. We are excited for the, the Beeson family and this new addition in Maverick. One week from today, we celebrate Founders Day and we celebrate 170 years of Boiling Springs Baptist Church. We have a big week next week, um, and then in the days to follow, uh, next Sunday morning, Sunday school will meet at 9.30, and at 9.30, all the Sunday school classes are invited to come in here. It's not a requirement, but you are welcome to come in here um, for a special memories video that will be taking place in the sanctuary next Sunday morning at 9.30. We will have several speakers and a catered meal to follow at 12 o'clock. Uh, There is an insert in your bulletin that explains some of the things that will be happening the rest of the week on Wednesday night, on Friday afternoon, and then the following Sunday, the 17th. And so we would invite you to take a look at that, as well as the other things that are in your bulletin. We are glad that you are here with us today. We are excited that you have chosen to worship with us at Boiling Springs Baptist Church.
morning. My name is Molly McCulloch, and today I'm going to be reading Psalm chapter 96, verses 1 through 9. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, praise his name, proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the nations are idols. But the Lord made the heavens, splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, all you families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in, his, in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. To God be the glory is our opening hymn number four. To God be the glory. If you are able, please stand and join me in singing.
be seated. Good morning. How are you? What have you got there, Will? Went on a nature walk. How are you, Jude and James? Are you good this week? Yeah. Well, I don't think you probably have seen this this week, but I bet the girls have. Ooh, look at that expression on their face. It says classroom rules. Do we have rules this week? We did, didn't we? Who made those rules? Our teachers did. And I, were they that short or were they longer? Longer. My, my. We had some heavy duty rules in school this week, didn't we? Well, we just have four on Miss Ellen's rule list that she borrowed from a teacher, such as do not talk. We know how to do that, don't we? Stay in your seat. Do your very, very best. And then the last one, which I think is the most important one, is be respectful and be kind to others. Do you know when Jesus was growing up and was an adult, he had like people that had rules too. Can you think of somebody that might've made rules when we were in the Bible? Who made a rule? Will, can you remember? Can you think? Who made rules? God made rules. He did. Did he have a helper to make rules? Who might his helper be? Jesus. But he also had a man that named Moses. You ever heard of Moses? Moses had the Ten Commandments. And those were rules that were made for us to live by. And we had other, they had other rules too. And sometimes they had lots and lots of rules. But I want to read you Jesus' rule. Because he only had two rules. You want to come over here, Jude? You want to move, don't you? I got to be busy. I got to be busy. All right, hold on here. All right. Jesus' rule was from Matthew chapter 27, verse 37. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind. And his second rule was love your neighbor as you love yourself. So his rules were very simple. They all centered around one word. Can you tell me what that one word might be? <coughs> Love. So when you go about school next week and you go about doing things with mom and dad and even at church and Sunday school, we need to remember to love others. Everybody deserves to be loved and hugged and shared a smile. And that's simple rules, aren't they? Not like those rules on that piece of paper. We can learn to live by them, can't we? Oh, yeah. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for these children and the families they come from. We thank you that they are learning what the word love means. I ask that where they go this week, you keep them safe. Watch over them and protect them. And as they meet people, wherever they may be, they'll share their smile and let that person know they love them. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. How was everybody?
Good. So if you have a television or read the newspaper or get on the internet, I know we've all seen the devastation in Houston, Texas from the hurricane. Um, I mean, it's just, it's something else. And this crisis that's going on down there, it comes at a time in September that we start promoting our North Carolina missions offering. And a little beknownst to me, a large percentage of this offering that we gather goes to support the work of the North Carolina Baptist men. <clears throat> Excuse me. When I talked to Miss Lamb earlier in the week about doing this, she said uh, the teams from the North Carolina Baptist men were on standby. The second time I talked to her, she was pretty sure they had already left. So there's North Carolina Baptist men from all across the state, either on their way to Texas or in Texas as we speak. You know, it was an absolutely, you know, it was an absolutely amazing experience to see Baptist on mission uh, come forth with the resources that they have. And it, the main thing was to be out there to help people that really were in need. From the feeding flood victims in uh, eastern North Carolina to the wildfires in the west. And to me, you know, one of the most important things we did was feed Thanksgiving meals to not only the North Carolina firefighters, but to firefighters from 43 other states that had stayed over the holidays to fight these wildfires was absolutely amazing. I would just like to give all of the volunteers of Baptist on Mission my heartfelt thanks, not only for the people that they helped during the disaster, but for all of the people that they helped during the year that are in need. I see no bigger calling than to help your fellow human being, and the Baptist on Mission have demonstrated that time after time after time. So just thank you so much, and, and please keep doing it. This is the first time I've had any dealings with the Baptist Mission, and I have been thoroughly impressed with the attitude of the volunteers, the uh, logistics. Oh, it's fantastic. And, and what the Baptist Mission has brought they brought more than just a hot meal to us. Uh, they brought some Southern hospitality, which I really enjoyed. Um, I've talked to most of the folks in there, you know, the standard stuff of where we're from and, and how everybody's doing. And uh, they've just been really good to us. And as far as the food, it's been excellent. If you can get a bunch of firefighters through something like that and no complaints, you know it's fantastic. And I haven't heard one complaint about the food, so they've done awesome. The offering given this year, it'll help pay for the feeding units, the laundry units, the shower units, the units that do mud outs, and then it'll also help the other Baptist men that go down a little later and help with the rebuilding and painting. Disaster recovery is not all that the offering helps though. This next video, It'll give you a little overview of the many things that the North Carolina Baptist men actually um, help to do. We hope you can give generously. Um, you can use the yellow offering envelopes on the back of the pews. The end gathering will be September the 24th, 
But please feel free to give any time the Lord leads you to. Thank you. Do you see the hurting, the sick, the hungry? And what if you can make a difference? Do you have eyes to see how rebuilding someone's home after a flood not only restores a house, but restores their dignity? I'm like a new person. <laughs> can you see a medical, dental, or health screening bus being used as an avenue to not only heal the physical body, but introduce patients to the one who can heal their spiritual disease, one who can meet their spiritual needs? Or what about mission camps that offer hope to some of the poorest areas of North Carolina? Can the building of a wheelchair ramp, a new roof, or outreach to children be the chance for you to be the hands and feet of Jesus? There are over 300 languages spoken in North Carolina. What was once international missions has come to our own doorstep, and churches are being started in many of those neighborhoods. There are opportunities all around us, every day, and you can be a part of it. But do you have eyes to see? Do you have eyes to see how the building of homes for children abandoned in South Africa can be a platform to create a community where love is on display and encounters with Jesus are reality? You have an opportunity to impact North Carolina and the world when you see others through the eyes of Jesus. Do you have eyes to see? I understand you haven't slept much in the last 24 hours, so I don't know if you knew about that one. Yeah, or if, I, or if you knew that I knew that, but uh, thank you for sharing and being here with us to share this morning. Hope you get some rest today. Uh, as I, you may have been like me, as we watched uh, the news unfold this week in Texas, I shared tears for the devastation that I saw. Many of you may have as well. But later in the week, I was shedding tears of joy for the way that I saw men and women, black, white, young, old, people from all different walks of life coming together, uniting around humanity in the sense of helping their brother in need. And it was great to see that. Um, there was, if you saw different news outlets, you saw the lady that was going into these shelters singing gospel music. Uh, I saw of others that were lending their skills with cutting hair and going into the shelters and doing that. And uh, it was just, it was good in the midst of all the, uh, everything else that we see and hear in our news and in society today to see the way that um, humans were responding, individuals were responding to the needs there in Texas. And as Ben said, this offering, we gather it on um, a big end gathering on the 24th of this month, but please feel free to give throughout this month and support the work of the North Carolina Baptist men. Before I pray, let me mention, uh, some of you know this, some of you may not, but uh, Friday night, Evelyn, Sid, excuse me, Ed and Sybil, I'll get right in a minute. Ed and Sybil Beeson celebrated 50 years of marriage with a nice um, time in our fellowship hall. But unfortunately, at the end of that time, as they were letting um, some cleaning people know that they were leaving, Sybil fell and um, she unfortunately has now a broken shoulder and a cracked knee bone. And uh, she is in Shelby Hospital. Um, she can't see anyone to let her know the details until Tuesday morning of what's gonna happen from this point forward. So uh, be in prayer for Sybil and Ed 
during this very difficult time. They had a wonderful evening here, and then, unfortunately, it ended the way it did. But please be in prayer, and they would very much appreciate those prayers. Uh, Daphne Bridges had a knee surgery this week. Tom Hackett, back surgery. Both are doing well. And let's also continue to remember Jane Stroud, uh, Joel Dobbins, and many others within our congregation that are going through uh, difficulties at this time. Um, Before I pray, I would like to um, inform the church family that the ordination council for Mary Newcomb met on Saturday morning with composed of members from Boiling Springs Baptist and outside as well, and unanimously and wholeheartedly uh, gave their affirmation to ordain Mary Newcomb. That afternoon, this Saturday, the ordination councils met for, ordination council met for Alan Newcomb, composed of church members and people from Alan's past, and unanimously and wholeheartedly affirmed Alan's ordination. These ordinations will take place on Sunday evening, September the 17th, and I hope you will plan on being there uh, for this very special time. Will you pray with me this morning? God, as we think about the scripture in the Old Testament that says, who can fathom your greatness? Oh God, for your glory fills the earth. Yet not even a sparrow falls to the ground apart from your hand. So Lord, in your, in your glory and your grace, guide us by your Holy Spirit as we seek to live lives that are pleasing to you, both individually and collectively as a church family. Our hearts go out to these in Texas today, Father. We lift them up, not only those who have been affected, but those who are helping those who have been affected in the shelters, rescue workers, mayors, town, government leaders that are helping to assist in every way possible. Father, we pray for a unity. We pray for provision, for protection, and help them as they seek to rebuild their lives. Lord, we lift up these who are heavy on our hearts today. We pray specifically for Ed and Sybil Beeson, that you would surround them with your love and presence, that you would be a good shepherd to them. And Lord, to all those within our church family that are struggling this day, for those recovering from surgeries, those awaiting news from a doctor. But Father, we also know there are those within our midst this morning, Lord, that are in need of making some decisions this week. Father, we pray for your guidance. We pray for your grace. Lord, we pray for a spirit of understanding about the ways that you work in our lives and in our communities. And Father, give us direction as we seek your knowledge and understanding about the decisions that we are faced with. God, we commit this service to you today. We're excited about what these next few weeks will unfold for us as a church family as we celebrate and reflect on 170 years as a church. Lord, um, help us to look back on the ways that you have worked, the ways that you have moved. And Father, may that and the power of your Holy Spirit inspire us, Father, to reach new heights as we move forward, not only in 2017, but as we move into the next chapter of the life of Bowling Springs Baptist Church. Father, we pray that everything that we do and say this day here at this place and in the coming week would be for your glory. We ask this prayer in the name of Jesus, the name above all names. Amen. Our hymn is number 153, My Tribute 153. If you are able, please stand and join me in singing.
This week I was over at um, Daphne and, and Charles Bridges' house, and Charles gave me a bulletin back when he was in the service, has private Charles Bridges here. Uh, but it was Sunday, June the 29th, 1952. If you do your math, that's 65 years from today. As I was looking and preparing for Founders Day, been reading over some things, and at the bottom right of this bulletin, it says, now this is June, so it's summer, 1952. It says, there's a little note in the bulletin, it says, vacation with pay. It says, most every employee enjoys a vacation with pay. The only way our church can enjoy the vacation of her members is with pay. Be faithful with your tithes and offerings during the summer months, especially when you are away on vacation. And so very little changes in 65 years. And so in light of this uh, little note here and in light of our current budget, we just encourage you. Uh, there have been... Uh, Many of you have taken those trips this summer on vacation, and so we just encourage you to be mindful of our budget as we move into the fall and give generously and faithfully, and uh, we would be very appreciative of that. But um, let's pray together. God, we thank you for the way you show us your generosity through your son, Jesus Christ, Lord, and with family and with friends and community for protection and safety. Lord, we thank you for those things. Father, help us to give, Lord, uh, faithfully our tithes and of our offerings. And Father, I ask this morning that you would bless, bless the gift and the giver of the gift. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You came down from heaven's throne This earth you formed was not your home Down your path. 
perfect life You are the sacrifice Jesus, Son of God You are Jesus, Son of God Be lifted higher Than all you've overcome Your name be louder Than any other song There is no power can come against your love. The Christ was enough. The Christ was enough. The Christ was enough. The Christ was enough. And on the altar of our praise, let there be no higher name than Jesus' Son. life you are the sacrifice Jesus son of God you are Jesus son of God be lifted higher than all you've overcome your name be can come against your love the Christ was enough the Christ was enough the Christ was enough the Christ was Thank you, Lindy. Lindy, it is an honor to have you in our church and in our youth group, and it is always wonderful to hear you sing, and we appreciate you leading us in worship this morning, as we always do. One day when you are famous and your name is in lights, just don't forget me, all right? <laughs> I'm going to be reading this morning from the book of Acts. I'm gonna be reading from Acts chapter 12, Verses 18 through 25, you can find that in your pew Bible on page 959 if you want to follow along. It is also on the screens, um, but I would invite you to follow along as I read from the book of Acts chapter 12, verses 18 through 25. When morning came, there was no small commotion among the soldiers over what had become of Peter. When Herod had searched for him and could not find him, he examined the guards and ordered them to be put to death. Then he went down from Judea to Caesarea and stayed there. Now Herod was angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, so they came to him in a body, and after winning over Blastus, the king's chamberlain, they asked for a reconciliation 
because their country depended on the king's country for food. On an appointed day, Herod put on his royal robes, took his seat on the platform, and delivered a public address to them. The people kept shouting, the voice of a god and not of a mortal. And immediately, because he had not given the glory to God, an angel of the Lord struck him down, and he was eaten by worms and died. But the word of God continued to advance and gain adherence. Then after completing their mission, Barnabas and Saul returned to Jerusalem and brought with them John, whose other name was Mark. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Alan, for reading that. A little over a year ago, a group of young adult men met at the coffee shop, uh, Broad River Coffee here in Boiling Springs, and we looked at a book called Samson, The Samson Syndrome. It's a great book, and, the, and it, you know, it looks at the life and uh, the story of Samson, the strong man in the Bible. And the chapter titles in this book, and some of you I know have, have I've let some others kind of borrow this book, but the chapter titles in this book say, strong, man, strong men tend to disregard and the chapters are the following. It says strong men tend to uh, ignore boundaries. Strong men tend to take foolish risk. Strong men tend to ignore good advice. And so now I'll ask the women in the room, does this sound like any young strong men that you know? Um, in the South, we sometimes hear young strong men utter these words, hey y'all, watch this. And what comes next is usually not good, okay? I think you've heard that and you've seen that unfortunately especially if you have uh, maybe teenage sons. Um, but our main character in the story today would fit the character or the description of a strong man. Um, he was a ruthless man in persecuting Christians and trying to stop as many have throughout time the spread of the gospel. He was a very prideful and vain man. And Herod here in the beginning of chapter 12, we know he executed James and we know he locked up Peter and we looked a couple weeks ago about the angel that came and rescued Peter from prison and he went to the house and they didn't believe it was him and we see where had that not happened, Peter's fate would have ended up a lot like James and he would have not continued in his ministry. But this summer we've been in Acts and the um, summary verse of Acts, it gives us an outline for the, the entire book. It's found in Acts 1.8, a verse that some of you know by heart. Uh, Jesus said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem in Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. And so we see at the end of chapter 12 here in Acts, we see the end of the second phase of this verse, Acts 1, first uh, Jerusalem, the first several chapters of the book of Acts, and then we spent about four chapters with Judea and Samaria, and at the beginning of chapter 13, it goes into Paul's missionaries' journeys, and truly the gospel begins to go to the remotest parts of the earth. But so at the end of chapter 12, you've got the death of King Herod, and your reaction might be, well, so what? What is remarkable about the death of this wicked man? But what begins to transition here as a part of his death, again, is the gospel at the beginning of chapter 13 going throughout the rest of the world and the Great Commission continuing to move forward. This strong man that we're looking at this morning was Herod Agrippa 
the first. There's a lot of Herods that we read about throughout scriptures. It's not the same Herod, um, but the Herod that we're looking at here this morning is Hera, Herod Agrippa the first. And then we read in what Alan just read to us that there was a dispute, a dispute or maybe an argument among uh, the Phoenician cities of Tyre and, and Sidon. And the dispute may have been over trade, it may have been over land, but nevertheless, in my studies this week, it seems to be a political dispute. Something was going on as, as the many, not that we still have those disputes today, right? But something was going on that was of a political nature. It, it could have been about the food that was referenced there in Acts at the end of Acts 12, but there was something going on that was causing Herod to have great dislike towards these cities. The death of Herod is written about by Luke here in Acts, but also by the Jewish historian Josephus. If you have studied the Old Testament and Jewish history, you cannot study it long without coming across that name, Josephus. And Josephus' account of this here in Acts says the following. He says, Agrippa clad himself in a robe of silver, which glistened in the rays of the sun and dazzled the audience. And from one place to another, his flatterers cried out that he was a God. Agrippa did not rebuke the crowd and he also did not reject the claim. In Luke's account here in Acts, again, we read, on the appointed day, Herod, having put on his royal apparel, took his seat on the throne and began delivering an address to them. The people kept crying out the voice of a God and not of a man. They were saying this about Herod. And immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give God glory and he was eaten by worms and died. There is a similar story, not exactly the same, but a similar story in the Old Testament of a king named by the name of Nebuchadnezzar. You may remember this story in Daniel chapter four, and he was standing on the roof of his palace overlooking the gardens, which were considered one of the wonders of the ancient world. And he did not, and because he did not give God the glory, he was led to be insane for about seven years. But the thing that's different about Nebuchadnezzar than Herod, who we're looking at today, is Nebuchadnezzar was given a second chance. And he did give God the glory with that second opportunity. Most of us will never be in a position of a ruler. Nevertheless, we do, however, have a tendency to take praise to ourselves when someone tells us how wonderful we are. In a half prideful, half humble way, we, kinda, we may smug and say, well, yes, I am. Thank you for noticing. Um, but um, at times, especially in my young married years, I thought a lot of myself, and maybe some of you have had times where this has also been applicable for you. And I also believe this is another reason that God gives us a spouse. It's because they can shoot us straight and they can humble us pretty quick and they can help us get off our high horse. But this morning, uh, I want us to share, I wanna share with you uh, just three things really quickly and, uh, and, and two points, and, um, and that will be our time together this morning. But we're on a very, I'd like to propose to you that we're on a very dangerous ground when we begin to think too highly of ourselves. We have a strong man here in our text today, Herod, who thought too highly of himself. But we're on a very dangerous ground when we begin to think too highly of ourselves. We must learn that we possess no talent that God has not given us. We possess no talent that God has not given us. God gives each of us unique gifts, talents, and skills to be used for him. But when God's, when God's people are using their giftedness to further the cause of Christ, God's kingdom is advanced and self-advancement is no longer a priority. John 3.30 in the New Testament there in the gospel says, he must increase and I must decrease. More about him and less about me. 
Also, we should note that we have achieved no success that God has not made possible. We have achieved no success that God has not made possible. God has given us a brain. He's given us passion. He's given us a drive. He's given us resources. He's given us talents and skill sets. He's given us parents and communities and good schools. But at the same time, he made it possible for us through these avenues to achieve success. Also, we can do no good of which God is not the source. We can do no good of which God is not the source. Next Sunday, as a church family, we will be celebrating 170 years. On September the 15th, 1847, Boiling Springs Baptist Church began. It's a big day and a big week that we have planned next Sunday, September 10th, and I hope you'll plan on being here. Let me remind you again, service Sunday school in here at 9.30 for those that are choosing to watch the video. Our service will begin at 10.30 next Sunday, so please be mindful of that. It is tempting to say, as we think about our history, it's tempting to look back on these 170 years and pat ourselves on the back or our ancestors on the back and say, look what we, look what they have done. These were no lightweight leaders here at Boiling Springs Baptist over these last 170 years. They've taken us from 1847 to 2017. Great pastors, great ministers, other leaders within the church family, both ministers and lay leaders have brought us to where we are today. But, oh, Lord, forgive us as a church if we have taken glory that belongs to you. Whatever good has come over the years, God, you are the source. I mentioned this week that Daphne Bridges had knee surgery, and she's doing fine, but I was able to visit. She had the surgery, I think, Wednesday morning and Tuesday afternoon. I went by and visited with Charles and Daphne in their home, and it was a wonderful visit. And while I was there, Charles gave me three bulletins. I shared Um, the uh, little offering note there from one of them. But one of the bulletins that he gave me, um, I should have researched it and looked at it long before now, but it was the bulletin that was handed out on the first Sunday in this sanctuary. And in two years, we've had several that have reminded us that in two years, we will celebrate the anniversary of being in this facility. And the march that I have heard about, this famous march uh, took place on this day, and this day um, in... uh, uh, like I said, uh, 48 years ago. But on the back of the bulletin, it says this. It's, there was a write-up that said, tomorrow is here. And I want to read just the first two paragraphs of this write-up. Now, imagine yourself sitting here. Many of you were here 50 years ago, 48 years ago. We're sitting here in this sanctuary, and you read these words on this bulletin. And they read, years ago, we began dreaming of a new meeting house for our congregation. When the dream took on the outlines of actual plans, we reproduced the artist's drawing of our sanctuary on the front cover of our bulletin. And underneath, we printed the words, our dream for tomorrow. With our eyes and hearts fixed on that vision, we brought our prayers, our gifts, and our labor week by week before our Lord. Under his hand of blessing and guidance, our dream has now become a shining reality. And we gather today in this magnificent structure for our first service of worship. We come to offer our God thanksgiving too deep and too great for lips to utter. Tomorrow is here, and what will we do with it? As we worship in this place of striking beauty, we can never be satisfied with the life of yesterday. We must climb to new heights of spiritual development. We must have creative planning and steadfast participation to revitalize our present areas of work and thrust into new fields of outreach and service. And I'm gonna stop with these last words, for the glory of God. We do all of what we do, for the glory 
of God. And it's maybe we need to be reminded of that as we look back on the 170 years that the reason we are here, the reason we worship, the reason we serve, the reason we sing, the reason we pray, the reason we do anything that we do as a church family is for the glory of God. Amen, church? As we worship and as we serve, as we go about our daily lives, our prayer should continuously be, I want to share two things with you. Our prayer should continuously be, first, God, may we be a people who give you glory. We are not here for ourselves. We are not here to lift up an institution, but we are here to give glory to God. We gather for worship. We depart to serve for you, God, and for your glory. We meet together for Bible studies, for, with Sunday school and small groups and special studies. The choir gathers together to grow deep and to strengthen our faith for you, God, and for your glory. We have special ministries for our children and for our youth in the hopes that they will live lives both now and in the future for God and for his glory. The second part of our prayer not only should be that should we live lives that give you glory, but the second part should be, God, may we be a people who lead others to give you glory. May we be a people who lead others to give you glory. Not only do we want to give you glory, we want the world to join together in giving you glory. May others see through our imperfections that we live lives that seek to glorify our Lord and Savior. To God be the glory, great things he has done and is still doing in the lives of the people who say, who claim Boiling Springs Baptist Church is their church home. Going back to our passage here in Acts 12, I believe the reason Luke includes Herod's death is not only the obvious that we are not to take glory for ourselves, but it's also to remind us of our mission. And if you look at the last two verses of Acts 12, he says, but the word, Luke writes, but the word of the Lord continued to grow. The good news of God's amazing grace continued to grow, continued to spread and be multiplied. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their mission, taking along with them John, who was also called Mark. Herod dies, but the gospel lives. And remember, at the beginning of Acts 12, Herod is responsible for the execution of James. He locks up Peter. Peter would have been executed had he not been rescued by the angel. But yet Herod, here at the end of chapter 12, is the one who has died. And the gospel, according to verse 24, is continuing to grow, continuing to spread. And we see God doing that through human channels. And let me explain what I mean. If you look in verse 25, it's not just about Peter. It's not just about Paul, but we see other names. We, mentioned, we see Barnabas and Saul return from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their mission, taking along with them John, who was also called Mark. And this opens up a new path for the rest of Acts with these characters and with these individuals. But I propose to you today that God still wants to use human channels just as he's used Paul, just as he's using Barnabas and John Mark, and just as he used others that we've read about already and we would continue to read about if we were to continue to be reading in Acts, God desires to use you, God desires to use me to continue to carry forth his message of good news. He continues to want to use you and me to bring him glory. He, continue to want to, he continues to want to use our church family to bring him that glory and lead others to bring him that glory as well. Are we as a church body allowing the good news of the gospel to spread through us? And are we living lives that seek to bring glory to our God? 
Let's close in prayer. God, it's always been about you and it always will be. Forgive us as a church, Lord, if we have ever taken glory that belongs to you. Next Sunday, we'll be celebrating 170 years as a church and it will be tempting to say, look what we have done. But whatever good has come over the years, God, you are the source. Help us as we worship and as we work and as we serve, as we go about our daily lives, Lord, to be people who give you glory, who lead others to your glory. To God be the glory. Great things you have done and are still doing through your people, through the human channels today. Do great things in us today and this week and in the coming months and years ahead. Father, to you be all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're here today and you never put your faith and trust in Christ, the altar is open as we stand, as we sing together. We'd love to talk with you about what it means to walk and to take that next step in, in, in your relationship with the Lord. If you're here today and you desire church membership, we'd be happy to talk with you about that as well. Let's stand and sing together. if there are those strong men that I referenced at the beginning of my sermon, you know, uh, we are in need of some of those strong men uh, in a literal sense uh, here in just a moment, but we have some items that need to be moved into our new history room and Betsy Beeson will be right here down front afterwards. And so if you are here and would like to lend your 
strong arms and back to help move some things. It could all happen very quickly if you were willing to do that. And so please, Betsy. But uh, be in prayer for our special services next, next Sunday, again, 9.30 in here for a video. Some classes could choose to still meet. Make sure you've spoken with your Sunday school teacher about that. But 9.30 in here for a history video. And at 10.30, we'll begin our service. So it's at a different time. And then we will have a catered meal next Sunday. We just encourage you to leave a donation uh, as, you, as you go through the line. And uh, we will hope that that will take care of things uh, and give generously to that. So, so that will be the case. Uh, but this will allow you to enjoy the video and enjoy worship and not be concerned with preparing your meals as you normally would for Founders Day. So there are other services next week. And then, of course, on the 17th, uh, there's some special guests that will be here also on that Sunday as well. And so it's an exciting time in the life of our church. And so I hope you will plan on being here. Yeah.